A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And welcome to Security and Secure, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security and Secure after listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, in this episode, you're going to hear about how a suicide has affected my guest today. And if you're affected by what you hear, please contact the Samaritans on samaritans.org or call them on 116-123. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. My 
guest today is a scaffolder, a personal trainer, a DJ, and the true OG couple and all-time winner of Love Island. Since the show, he's gone on to marry his partner in the villa, Olivia, and they have their beautiful son, Abel, together, who's nearly coming up to one years old. He's here today to celebrate Celebration Day on the 28th of May, 2023, which is in honour of his friend, Joe Richards. So to tell me more, I'm delighted to welcome to Skudinska. It's the CEO of Hybrid Coaching and, brackets, Love Island star, Alex Bowen. Hello, mate. Hey, do, mate. You're right. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. There's so much to discuss with you. What I like to do with all my guests is to know who the real you is. Because, you know, if you open the papers today, it would all be about how amazing your house is. But what I want to do is go back to the beginning to the little Alex in Wolverhampton in the 90s growing up. Single <laughs> mum. What was it like for you growing up? To be honest, like recently, Olivia's friends, their mum and dad recently split up. And they kind of asked me the question, what was it like not having a dad around? Um, and that got me thinking, like, I kind of had the best life that my mom could have given me. Like, she was like the f- mom and dad rolled into one kind of thing. So anything that I wanted, like, she she worked really hard over the years. She just raised me to be a gentleman in that kind of way. And, yeah, she just tried to do the best that she could, really, with what she had. So so were you an only child? Are you an only child? Yeah, I'm an I'm, I'm only child, yeah. How did that work between you and your mom being kind of that only child syndrome? Because you sometimes have only children who are either... One way, which is they get everything they want. They don't really understand the value. And then the other side is they try and attach themselves to every other family because they realize what they don't have. Or the third option is that you and mum are just a team and therefore like no one can really invade our space. It's just me and my mum against the world. Which one were you in that scenario? I'd say I was kind of two and three, like a mixture between two and three. Like I always felt like it was just me and my mom against everyone kind of thing. But then I felt like I would kind of like gravitate towards like my friends, families and stuff like that as well. So kind of like easy going and I'm kind of always been happy go lucky kind of kid. I've never really been one to like hold grudges or anything in my past. Like I've always kind of just been like easy to talk to. Like that's what I feel. And I always give people the time of day. And I just think like that's the way that my mom brought me up essentially. So. Was that how you found your sense of belonging in the school then? So rather than coming through as a pack with your siblings around you, it was like, I'm just here for everyone. That's my role, basically, just to keep everyone else happy because my mum's given me that happiness. Actually, I'm probably more happy than a lot of you. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like, I've always been kind of like, always the one like cracking jokes and whatever, trying to make people laugh. And I think that stems from like wanting to like get friends and yeah, just be my complete self, really. Interesting. Because then... You become a scaffolder as your first job, which is always interesting because it's quite a man's man type job, you know, very blokey. But without that uh, male role model growing up, why did you choose such a kind of male dominated industry to go into first? Well, at first, I didn't actually do that. I was going to be a PE teacher. So I actually went to university and I was going to be a PE teacher, got my degree and everything. And then it kind of got to the stage where there was that many people applying for the PGCE to become a teacher. I kind of like lost hope of it. And then I kind of like needed a job. And my friend who we'll speak about in a minute, Joe Richards, he, who passed recently, he's the one that actually got me the job there. And it was kind of a sense of like, I never really had any money. I never really had, like, obviously my mom gave me what we could over the years, but we was never like well off or anything like that. We kind of just like, like coasted like a little bit really. So yeah, I just kind of needed the money. So that's kind of how I fell into the job. Then when I got the job, I actually realized that I actually loved it. And all the, like, the camaraderie that comes with the job, like, all the banter with the boys, like, working with the older men, the younger blokes, like, everything like that. It was just a really fun time for me, like, so. I think my life was easier back then. I know what I've got from day to day. I know I used to work Monday to Friday. I know what I was getting the same money every single week. I thought that was an easy life to me. Now, whereas, like, my job now, it's very 
up and down, like work can come in here, work can come in there. Luckily, me and my wife have like done it for like six years now, so I'm very lucky and grateful that I've been doing this for that long. I just feel like it's more about just being grateful for what I've got. Over the past six years, like having like not nothing really at all to them being in this kind of like world that I live in now, like it changed like quite a lot. And there was times where I would spend like a bit of money and I'd be like, because I never had money before, it kind of scared me of losing it. So I was kind of like, I don't want to do that. So obviously we invested in properties and all kind of stuff like that. So I just wanted to have that like security and safety behind me. So, so obviously we know you then went on Love Island. You know, it was a very long time ago. But what I'm interested in is how did Love Island as kind of a pinpoint in the life of Alex change who you are and kind of your mental health journey since being on the show? Because, you know, when you did Love Island, it was known, but it, it was starting to get a following. And therefore, fame wasn't kind of thrusted inside you. But at the same time, you were becoming a recognisable face. It's not like obviously now where you go on to just be an influencer. You were there for love. So how did your mental health journey come from that? Before I went on the show, I never really like thought I suffered with like anxiety like, or anything like that. And then like it never even entered my head. And then when we come off the show and then people recognize you and then I'd go to clubs and there'd be like people queuing up to have a picture with you. And then I don't know, I'd be shopping with Olivia and then like, like young girls and that or like lads would be following you around. And you know, when you feel like someone's looking at you all the time, like you, you feel like someone, the eyes burn in the back of your head. It was kind of like that all the time. And it got to a stage where I was just like, I just want to feel comfortable. I just want to go out, enjoy a nice little meal without someone coming up to me. But even though that was part and parcel, part and parcel of it, like when I was speaking to them, like I'd always give everyone the time of day, I'd always switch it on. But even if I was in a mood or something like that, do you know what I mean? When I come out the show and that as well, when I was doing all these appearances in clubs, I was drinking quite a lot. And it, I, obviously I've always been into my fitness and stuff because I was always like quite skinny growing up. So I always thought, I always wanted to get bigger to make myself feel better about myself. Then I lost like about a stone and a half in about a week and a half. And then my mom come down to see me in Essex. And basically she just said, oh, she speak to me and I wasn't even there in the room, basically. I was just like a completely different person and that's when I thought I need to start treating this like a business instead of getting carried away so I feel like that was like a scary time for like my mental health could have gone a completely different way and I could have gone into shutdown mode so what was it done is that anxiety paranoia body dysmorphia there's a lot of different terms almost that could be used as a label to that experience that you were going through yeah I mean to be honest it's probably just all the above really I mean everyone suffers with like some kind of like mental health and that like to, to some degree and some people just handle it better than others that like, I feel like it just it exists in every single person some people just react to it differently with like the body dysmorphia thing I feel like I'd say 95% of like men that go to the gym feel terrible about the self because once they're say obviously if someone wants to lose weight that's great but then there's no end goal. Once you reach a certain stage, you think, no, I want to get this better. I want to improve this. I want to do this. It's never ending. And you're always looking at yourself and you're always critiquing yourself. So I feel like obviously the gym is such an amazing thing to do, but then you can let it get carried away in your mind and you can overrun with it. To me, it's not just uh, going to the gym and that as well. It's not just, a, it's about the aesthetic. That's the main thing. But I feel like it's also about what it actually makes you feel and the endorphins that are released actually being in yourself like a lot of people like i strive when i'm in a routine so if i've got a routine just in everyday life say if i if i don't know what i'm doing for the week i feel a little bit frazzled whereas if i know i've got a routine whether it's in the gym and it's written down on paper i've got a structure to my life i feel like i'm so much better mentally and that's another reason why people could go to the gym and that as well to help with their mental health it's interesting you bring up routines. You know, I know a lot of reality stars, a lot of most this podcast of 215 episodes are reality stars as well. And it's always interesting when you come off a big show like Love Island or any of the other shows, 
and you don't have that routine. You know, you've got the day-to-day structures of like a tarot made in Chelsea and suddenly you've got nothing and you might get an influencing deal here or there, but it's very much up to you how you create your routine if you're going to do those brand endorsements. What would your advice be to those red stars who are coming out who haven't got that routine and that structure like just going to the gym every day? You know what? It's about just setting yourself mini goals throughout the day. So obviously when you come off the show like that and you, you're doing this influencer job where you, you're a bit more financially stable and like you've never had that kind of money before, you can actually like choose to pursue your passion a lot more. Do you know what I mean? When I was scaffolding, I wouldn't have been able to have started my own fitness business or my online fitness app. Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't have the time. I didn't have the resources, the money. Whereas like if people, when people, reality stars come off the show, whatever, and they have got that little bit of time, just take one of your hobbies and turn it into like a job, basically. And then just write yourself little goals every day and just keep yourself in check. I feel like that's the best thing to do, really. Well, I can see behind you your little DJ deck. It also means you're doing a bit of DJing. How are you finding that as a hobby at the moment? Well, to be honest, it did just start out as a hobby. And then I got booked to play out. And then it's a, pretty much like a job now, really, like a hobby slash job. So Has it been hard, though, to shake off the, you know, being a... Uh... You know, back in the, you know, if we take it back 10 years ago of like, oh, it's a Love Island star who's gone to Cavos or, you know, any of those little clubbing resorts. Yeah, I'm not doing that, no. I'm because not you're an actual that. DJ, but is it hard to lose that label to be like? Because I imagine if you went to do that, people would go, oh, look, it's a Love Island star doing music, so therefore you're going to play really, really, really cheesy pop because it yeah. it's the 12-year-old audience, not actually what you want to be DJing. Exactly. So that's, that's the thing where, like, I've had to shake it and i've had people say oh what are you doing this for and then when i dj and i play like i've been going out to the music that i play for like 12 13 years that's what i've grew up with over the past going to all these raves since i was like 18 19 so this has always been a massive part of my life and a lot of my friends are djs as well so it just kind of like happened in that kind of sense and then it was just by a matter of chance that i was on love island and then i was doing dj as well and obviously people put two and two together and they're like oh i don't know what he's on a bit but i've been doing this for quite a long time so i completely agree with you. Look, let's talk about abel you've mentioned that you're a father you know we're coming up to one year now really it's about a year ago this time where you're really getting prepared for it so with those intentions of what you're going to be like as a dad how in a year a year later in hindsight do you look back at this past year about how you've changed as a person how you've changed your values of being a dad yeah i mean the main thing that's changed really is patience i feel like that's like i was always pretty impatient and maybe that stems from being an only child you know i don't know maybe kind of getting your own way kind of thing and it all revolves around me maybe but yeah i feel like it was always the biggest thing for me has been patience because it does take a lot out of you, but it really is the most rewarding, like amazing thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I love it. Oh, that's so nice to hear. And it, because you're right, the patience when it comes to sleep in the fact of having to think about someone else before you always still baffles me. How, yeah. do you, what, what, what are those ideas of what you as Alex wanted to be as a father, apart from being patient, which you've had to learn? What were the values that you wanted to instill in yourself as being a father and the best father you could be? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, obviously not having my dad around, like, like the main thing was just to be there. Anyone that's just got a dad, even if they are not the best person in the world, as long as they're there and they're trying, I feel like that's the main thing. Um, and obviously, I feel like I've been, like, brought up to be a gentleman, like, respect women, like, like the way that I speak to women and everything like that. And I want it, I want to engrave that in my son as well from an early age. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to, like, him growing as a person and then I'm going to mold him into the best man that he can be or hopefully I do my job as best as I can really so 
You're going to do a fantastic job. You're going to do a fantastic job. Obviously, in the past year as well, as well as happiness, there has been sadness. Your dear friend Joe obviously took his life sadly. And again, if anyone's listening to this, no effect by what they hear, smartens.org or call them on 116-123. What did Joe mean to you as a friend, Alex? Well, Joe was pretty much my best friend. Joe was one of them people that any problem that you had, he, you'd, he'd be the first person that you call, basically. And then he'd always have this thing about, oh, I'm not coming to this party. I'm not coming to this event. Then he'd always turn up and he'd put a smile on your face. He's that kind of person. It was the hardest thing that I've ever had to go through. I just remember when it happened. He tried to do it before, so it wasn't like a brand new thing. But obviously I felt like the first time was more of like a cry for help because he actually told us that he wanted to do it. And obviously then he got help and kind of sorted himself out. And yeah, and I just remember like being at home and my friend texted me saying this and then I was like, what, what, what? And then he rang me and I just remember having my phone in my hand and then he just told me it happened. And then I just remember dropping my phone on the floor. We've got all country fields at the back and I just did leave my phone and I went on like a two, three hour walk. I mean, I probably shouldn't have done it really because he was worried about me, but I just want, I, I just couldn't stop crying. I've never felt anything like that because literally six months before, I just had the amazing experience of having a son. And then I've just in like a complete 180, I've just had the work experience in my life. And it was just like the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And how did you deal with that grief yourself? Well, I remember just that Liv said, oh, do you want to have like a little drink and that just to like, uh, just to chill you out. And I remember just drinking pretty much hot, like a bottle of whiskey straight away. And I was just kind of like, like in that moment as well, I kind of just thought to myself, that could be a thing where it could be like, you could get into like a bit of a bad state. Like, so I was like, that's not the route I want to go down. I just thought to myself, I want to do something better. And me having this platform with my Instagram, it's got like 1.6 million people that follow me on there. I've never really done that much for charity or done my side of it. I've kind of used it for like personal and then business related stuff and that's it. So the way I've dealt with it really, I just like, I took up running, which I haven't run for years. And it just like, sometimes I won't, I won't even run with my headphones and I'll just run to nothing and just like be just delve deep into my thoughts. And that kind of helped me through it. Then obviously setting up the Just Giving page for Joel and doing all these challenges, that's what's been really keeping me going, so. And that Just Giving page is number four, Joe, J-O-E. What about yeah. the anger? Because you've channeled a lot into catharsism, but there must be anger inside you that Joe left you and left you without your knowledge of it. And, you know, a bit of the blame must be, you know, was I not a good enough friend or how could you do this? Where's the anger being channeled? I think the anger was kind of like, I should have knew. I should have been there for him a lot more. But I mean, the week after he was supposed to be coming to my house to see me. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like, I don't know. Look, I've just gone over it in my head so many times and I just feel that like he thought that that was the right thing to do in, in his headspace. And unfortunately, he, like he went through with it and nothing's going to change that now. Do you know what I mean? So I've just got to remember him, celebrate him as much as I can. My wife actually got me a plaque for the bottom of the garden by the pond and it's got like a little poem on. And it's like for Abel, so Abel can read it when he's older and he'll always remember his Uncle Joe. So that's really nice. Like so, When you go through such an experience like that, there's always something kind of good that can become out that the way your conversations must change because you have to really be there for your friends now. And everyone seems to kind of step up a little bit and go, we really can't let this happen again. Let's do more check-ins. How's that changed in your friendship with the check-in side? I mean, to be honest, we kind of checked in with each other anyway because like in our group of friends that we've got now, obviously there's a couple of lads that have lost friends in other groups. Right. Do you know what I mean? We've kind of like felt it in the past, but obviously Joel has been the closest person that we've ever lost kind of thing. So 
it's kind of like in the group chats and that everyone has a laugh and a joke. Like that's, that is a form of like venting itself. But then if you kind of notice that your friend is, I don't know, like their mood changes, like their personality changes, they can, they're acting a little bit different, like a little bit weirdly. You kind of like do the double check-in and the double check-in we say like, are you okay? Then if someone just says, yeah, you, then we'd reply, no, were you really okay? And then that's like the little inkling to be like, this is the conversation. If you want to open up, you can open up now without having that like embarrassment come off it. So look, you're here for National Celebration Day. It's 28th of May, 2023. What is the day actually all about bringing us all together? So obviously they're actually uh, planting a tree for everyone that wants to donate. I think it's five pound, is it? Um, yeah. And actually what you do, you celebrate a loved one. So I've chose to do it for Joe and obviously he's doing great for the environment and that as well. So that's an amazing thing. But like in our life, we're so busy with work, with just like our day-to-day -day life, we always get wrapped up in ourselves and you do take your family and your friends for granted. And I feel like this is a great way to like, just like make you actually realize that and celebrate that. So you're working with the National Trust for that as well. So like Alex says, National Trust offering the opportunity to donate five pounds to plant the tree. When you have the plaque or the tree or whatever symbol or bench, one should be going towards that person, the tree, the bench, to remember the person, what should they be doing in that moment? Because it's always hard to go, you know, I want to visit a grave. I want to visit that that memorabilia of them, but I don't really know what to do. What would your advice be? What are you going to do with the tree and with the plaque that you've got that you enable be visiting? When you visit them, you don't really have to do anything, really. I feel like you've just got to be present in that moment that you're there and just remember all the good times when you are there. Take it all in as best you can. Since he's passed, yeah, it's still hard to talk about, but it's a lot easier than from when it was two weeks since he passed. I'm scared of, like, losing in the thought of him like I'm never going to remember him so doing these little things like the plaque and the tree and stuff like that it kind of keeps his memory alive like and I feel like that's just the best way to do it My thanks to Alex Bone for that interview. If you're affected by what you've heard about his friend Joe, please visit smartphones.org or call 116123. For more information on Celebration Day, visit celebrationday.com and their work with the National Trust and Alex's Just Giving page for number four, J-O-E. Go and check that out as well because he's raising money. He's doing incredible things for speaking out about men's mental health. You've been listening to Secret and Secure with me, Johnny Sif. If you love Love Island like I do, there's hundreds of ex-Love Islanders on the podcast who are trying to get rid of their label as well. And maybe one day we'll let them. And if you enjoy the podcast, please do subscribe, rate and review on Spotify and iTunes. And let's keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.